Hey, what is going on, everyone? Welcome back to According to Davi. I'm your host, Davi Pedro, and today I'm here with Ethan to talk a little bit of cryptocurrency and also a little bit about this book. Uh, how are you doing today? Hi, Davi. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yep, anytime. Well, we've got pretty nice time difference. You're obviously based in US, I'm based in UK. It's your morning, my evening. Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles, so I'm just starting my day right now. So a little bit about cryptocurrency. You know, people definitely know what it is in terms of they have heard about it. But when it comes to the actual facts, most people, in my opinion, don't really know anything. And this is me included. So I'm going to hit you with a big one. What is cryptocurrency and where does it come from? Yeah, I think if you're just starting out, the main thing to know is that cryptocurrency is a digital currency. So it exists on the internet. Um, the main thing that makes it different than regular currencies like the London, uh, the pound or the US dollar is that uh, it's like internet money, except it's made for the internet with like decentralization. So like saw me at any point if uh, you need me to clarify anything, um, but for decentralized money basically it exists um not with a central entity like the federal reserve um it's created with uh code and so the code uh, basically allows the network to exist online and that network powers the currency so um yeah that's that's the basic premise of cryptocurrency but i can get a little bit more uh, in depth if if you need me to well people definitely kind of split into two separate groups when it comes to cryptocurrency uh, to be honest considering what is going on in this crazy world seems like people are separated anyway into groups in every area some people believe in cryptocurrency and some people don't personally i feel like i never have enough information to make my decisions which is probably because i never really understand how does it work you know, it can be confusing. So my question is, what is it good for and how does it work exactly? If you would have to explain it to someone who has zero knowledge about this. Yeah, um, so I would start by saying that cryptocurrency in general has many, many functions. So it's hard to just like tell you, here's the one thing cryptocurrency does. If we're talking about Bitcoin, then I can get more specific. Is Is that what you want me to like? dive into or um uh, yeah yeah why not i mean it's not something you could go just to corner shop and use it to buy i don't know strawberry ice cream yeah so i mean the basic premise of money is that uh you can use it as a medium of exchange so like buying a coffee like you said a store value so that it holds that value over time right. and it's a unit of account so that you can compare it to other like uh prices and Bitcoin right now um, has the store value function. It's not really a great medium of exchange yet. And then the unit of account, um, it's it's kind of getting there, but it's it's not really being compared. You know, like you're not going to uh, buy your coffee and you're comparing it to how many Bitcoins it is. It's, you know what I mean? So um, I don't know if it's the great best use of money yet, but that doesn't mean that it won't be in the future. Well, you mentioned Bitcoin. Is it the most popular one these days? Or are there any different kind of cryptocurrencies? 
and what, what what's the main difference between all of them? Yeah, uh, good question. So I would say that Bitcoin is and how always has been like the number one cryptocurrency since it was created back in 2010. Um, it was actually the first cryptocurrency created by Satoshi Nakamoto, um, which is an alias. We still don't know who created it. And since that, since 2010, it's kind of increased in adoption. People have bought more and more of it and mined it more and more. And um, now it's, you know, worth over $50,000, which is crazy considering it was like less than a cent when it first started, right? That's a really big um, increase in price over 11 years. Um, so I would say that's the, the main one. The number two cryptocurrency is Ethereum. Um, Ethereum is different in that it's kind of a platform to build more cryptocurrencies. So I like to think of Ethereum as like an app store for crypto. Um, so that's, that's one big difference there. But Ethereum isn't even that close in terms of uh, market capitalization. So uh, Bitcoin is going to be the number one cryptocurrency for a long time, I think. Do you think it's the future or is it something that could easily fade away at some point? You know, I can't see cryptocurrency replacing with money if I'm completely honest, even though everything seems to be replaced by technology, which is actually quite scary, you know, especially when it comes to the robots and all of those kind of things. It, it's getting there, you know, you know, intelligent artificials and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, this is like a, a, an opinion, right? No one knows what's going to happen in the future, but my opinion and a lot of other people that are into cryptocurrency believe that cryptocurrency will replace like money, um, at least like national currencies. Uh, the main reason why is that national currencies right now are fiat and fiat is basically just monopoly money if you think about it. Um, it's not connected to like a commodity, like the US dollar used to be connected to gold. Uh, you used to be able to trade in your US dollars for gold and that changed back in the 1970s. And since then we've only printed more and more uh, dollars and inflation has increased. And so the value of the dollar has decreased. Um, it's actually one of the few assets that decreases in value over time. So if you compare um, Bitcoin to other fiat currencies, then I would say, yeah, like Bitcoin is the future because it is a good store value. It's increased in value like every year since its creation. So um, I do see it as eventually replacing um, fiat money, but the problem is that we don't have the infrastructure there yet. Um, and that will probably change in the next 10 years. So ask me again in 10 years, Tavi. <laughs> well, are you free in 10 years? Let's, let's schedule it in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was uh, talking to someone, uh, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago, uh, about the Bitcoin. And, and the person who I spoke to is really interested in that kind of stuff. And something he said uh, made me worried. He said it's not 100% secure and apparently it's really unstable at the moment. You know, and other things I've heard is obviously the limited use at the moment. And also hacking is, is possibility. 
Yeah. Um, the main way that Bitcoin is insecure is based on like the network, right? So Bitcoin actually has the strongest cryptocurrency network. And I'll just take a quick step back and explain why it's really hard to hack Bitcoin. Um, the way that uh, Bitcoin works is that it's decentralized, like I said earlier. So instead of having one point of attack, right? You don't have like one place with a bunch of servers where a, a hacker could try to, you know, take over that network. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, it's a network of computers. So if we both wanted to mine Bitcoin, Tavi, we would be part of that network and anyone in the world can become a Bitcoin miner. It has become more expensive to do that, um, but anyone could potentially be a miner and it's decentralized. So a hacker would have a really hard time um, taking over Bitcoin because uh, the blockchain, and I can explain this more as well, but the blockchain basically records a copy of every Bitcoin transaction. So if I was going to take over, you know, one computer, one one node in the network, uh, there are other copies that exist in the network. And so you really wouldn't accomplish much doing that. And so you have to take over the network, 51% of the network in order to actually hack it. And that's just really, really expensive and hard to do because the Bitcoin network is so big. And so it's really actually very secure um, compared to other cryptocurrencies. And uh, it was like designed with that in mind. So there's uh, two ways, uh, as I understand, to get cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, for example, uh, legally. Uh, maybe that's more, I don't know. So it's, you know, exchange real money for a Bitcoin or mining as you just mentioned, which is really interesting. I think it's safe to assume it's not the mining we're all used to, you know, that we go to the game and just mine. You know, what, what is it exactly? How does it work? Uh, mining or buying an exchange? Uh, at, the, at the mining. Mining, okay. So yeah, um, so like I mentioned earlier that there's a network that powers every cryptocurrency. And that network is individual computers, but also like server farms. And so um, mining is the process of solving cryptographic puzzles. And you're using um, like the re- like processing power of those servers and computers in order to solve those puzzles. And then the first one to solve the puzzle in the network, they get rewarded with um, Bitcoin or whatever cryptocurrency you're mining you get rewarded for solving that puzzle and then you're adding a new block to the chain. And so that new block could be like a new transaction. Um, So mining is the process of creating new blocks in the chain and basically continuing, um, continuing to grow that network. Are there any limits how much you can actually mine? Because the way I think there has to be limits, I don't mean per person, but I mean in general. Like when it comes to real money, it's very calculated how much money can really exist in the world. It's not that we just print infinite amount of money and give it to everyone. It doesn't work like that. I assume there has to be something similar with, with cryptocurrency to make everything stable. Yeah. Well, for Bitcoin, um, there's a max amount of 21 million Bitcoins that will ever be mined and created. And once that number is reached, um, which will take a long time. I think it was like 
2134 is like the projected day oh, that the last bitcoin will be mined um and so yes there is a cap on the total bitcoin that be, can be created but every cryptocurrency has the ability to decide what is their cap what is the maximum amount of um currency that can be created uh, ethereum doesn't have a cap right now so in theory it could be infinite um so it's important when you're looking into buying cryptocurrencies uh that you understand that every single one is created differently um and then i kind of wanted to something you said i don't think is actually true um like you could theoretically create infinite amount of fiat currency right now. Like there's nothing stopping like the U.S. Uh, Federal Reserve from printing infinite amount of money. The problem is that it would, you know, devalue devalue the currency so much that it would be just unusable. And so no one wants to do that. Um, but that's currently happening right now where they're just printing trillions of dollars. So yes you can create infinite amounts of money currently with like real money as you said um the difference is that in cryptocurrency it's built into the currency like the code you could you know how much will exist because um you can like fact check it and have people verify yes 21 million bitcoin is the cap you know what i mean right do i need any special software or equipment to mine a bitcoin yeah um so when you when it first started uh anyone could have mines off of like a computer that they have at home like a desktop um and then eventually people needed to buy like gaming cards like asics um now in order to mine like bitcoin you need to have specific bitcoin processing like cards and um, it's actually very expensive. It's probably cheaper to just buy Bitcoin now than to mine it. Um, so it is it is expensive. I think people that choose to mine Bitcoin, um, there's also mining pools, which is this idea that you can join a group of people who are all mining together. And if one of the people in that pool actually gets the reward, then they all share the reward. Um, so that's another way you can uh, take part in mining but um, there are other cryptocurrencies where it's not as expensive to mine and it just takes um, like I said processing power so if you have a computer with enough um, processing power and then you went dedicated to mining cryptocurrency then you should definitely look into it um, there's lots of websites that are dedicated to doing that and I would recommend kind of going down that rabbit hole but um, yeah, it just depends on how much you're willing to use for that purpose, like for your processing powers purposes. I mean, it, it can't be easy. Like the way I'm, I'm thinking, it must be extremely hard to mine Bitcoin. Like you, it, so I'm, I'm going to ask you, is, is it easy or is it not? Um. I mean, so I, I've never personally mined Bitcoin. I've only like learned about it and from other people who've done it. So from what I've heard, like it's it's pretty like straightforward in terms of you're just having your computer run all the time trying to solve puzzles. So it's not that it's hard to set up necessarily. It's hard to actually be the 
computer that gets the reward. That's where it's hard because you're basically competing with everyone in the network to solve the next puzzle. And basically whoever has the best um, or the fastest computer like will we'll win. That's, that's kind of how I understand it. I'm about to say something really stupid. It really sounds like a game. Like you, you play a game, you solve puzzles, and you get a reward. <laughs> it, it really sounds like a game. Yeah, there's game theory actually built into Bitcoin, so <laughs> you're not wrong. But is there anything else we should know about cryptocurrency we haven't really mentioned? What is the most common question people ask you about this? Um, I, I think the, the most common question I get is usually around the price of Bitcoin. Um, that's usually what drives people in because when you see on the headlines like Bitcoin reaches $50,000, that's when people like start to become interested in that Bitcoin. And then all of a sudden Dogecoin on like Twitter becomes a thing and Elon Musk tweets about Dogecoin. So I would say that the hype, um, when people follow hype, that's when you get like the most kind of questions. Um, I actually don't, necessarily believe in the price of bitcoin being the best reason to get into this space um the technology is why i'm so excited about bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies and which is why i wrote my book um i think the technology of like blockchain um, which powers crypt all cryptocurrencies is the fundamental reason why people should be excited and want to invest in um, Bitcoin, for instance. So uh, that that technology is what gives um, this this space like so much revolutionary potential. Because I think of it, think about it as like the next internet revolution. Um, that's what's happening right now. And when you see the price of Bitcoin like skyrocket, like that's great for people who care about that. But um, more importantly, I think it's the blockchain technology that people should focus on. I mean, I noticed that there was a, just recently, it was a massive increase in Bitcoin. I think it came just after Elon Musk uh, bought, bought the shares or something or bought the Bitcoin. Um, so Elon Musk is like one of many institutional investors who have shown interest in Bitcoin recently. Um, I actually got interested in Bitcoin back in like 2018, 2017, when that um, bubble existed. That At that time, it was like 20,000 was like the highest point that it reached. And um, then it crashed for like a couple of years. No one really talked about it. And then recently, you had um, PayPal and MicroStrategy and all these other um, big... Um, Twitter, I think, is also in, like Jack Dorsey, Twitter, Elon Musk, like they're putting Bitcoin on their balance sheets. And that's that's the main thing that has changed this go around is that you're having these big companies and investing firms um, putting like millions and millions of Bitcoin on their balance sheet. And I think they're doing that to hedge the against the dollar. Um, but that has given cryptocurrency like more credibility um and so elon musk is helping with that but he's also trolling so <laughs> i don't know well i mean you never know what to expect from this guy 
Yeah, I think he's just kind of having fun at this point. I don't I don't think he cares about what like the SEC says or what anyone thinks on Twitter. <laughs> he's just doing what <laughs> is like fun to him. Well, let's talk a little bit of your book, uh, which is not released yet, as I understand, but will be available, or should I say it's expected to be available in August this year, 2021. It's titled The Next Gold Rush, How Cryptocurrency Will Change Everything. And I think it's pretty obvious what the book really is about, you know, especially considering the title. That's what you really want. If it's an educational book, you want people to know straight away what it's about. If it's fictional, you can't get away with it, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm writing like a creative nonfiction book. So it's kind of a, a mix of both, but I I think the title what I was it's so to take a quick step back I finished writing the first draft manuscripts um, back in March and right now I'm working with my publisher on like revising my manuscripts and the goal is to publish in August of this year Um, I'm starting a pre-sale campaign in the beginning of April Um, so those are like the main dates to look out for so to go back to your to your point on the title Um, I wanted to create something that would inspire people um, and kind of also get people thinking about cryptocurrency in a historical context while also looking into the future. So the gold rush happened in like, you know, the 1850s. And that's what brought people to California from all around the world, right? The prospects of prospecting gold. (laughs) (laughs) That was the gold rush. And, um, you know, I just interviewed the inventor of the ICO, uh, J.R. Willett, and I can get into that as well. I I wrote about him in my book, but he said something interesting that his father told him, which is that in the gold rush, the people that made money were the ones who were selling shovels, not the ones that were mining gold. So that is kind of interesting in that I can see parallels to that in present day where you have someone like Coinbase who is basically building up infrastructure for people to easily buy and sell Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. And they're the ones that are really making most of the money, not the people that are buying and selling cryptocurrency. I mean, there, there are people that are making money that way, but you know, Coinbase is just making so much money off of this, uh, the rise in uh, crypto. I assume it's not your first book. Uh, it has. It is actually my first book. Um, yeah, this is something that I've been thinking about doing for like a couple years now, and I just took me until the pandemic to, you know, put pen to paper and make it happen. Well, it's just yeah, gotta keep yourself busy, really. Mm-hmm. No, once it's released in August, where can people? Go to get it. Is it on a pre-order at the moment? Is it going to be in shops? Is it going to be available internationally? Yeah, good question. Um, so the program I'm in, it's called uh, the Creator Institute, and the publisher we work with is called New Degree Press. And there are a lot of authors that I have gotten the you know the chance to work with in this program, and the ones that have already published through this program usually go on to sell on Amazon. Um, They can also sell it directly on their own websites. So 
those will probably be the main two ways that I will sell my book. But um, I don't know exactly yet. I'm still kind of working on that. But I'll, I'll get back to you when eventually that does come out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, perhaps it will be a second part of this episode uh, to get, you know, talk in more detail about things. You know, I know writing a book is not something that you can just complete in a blink of an eye. It takes time. You know, I have tried it myself. Mm. Well, still kind of trying it. But I have written a lot of screenplays. And oh boy, it takes time. It really takes some bloody time. How long did it take to write this book from a scratch? Yeah, it's it was a lot of work. I would say that um, I started writing in November and I was really, well, you know, I, I took it as like a full-time job. So I would write pretty much every week. I would try to, you know, write a new chapter from like November until March. And that's how I got to my, my goal of uh, finishing the manuscript. Um, so basically every week I had like a schedule with my editor where I would, you know, write a new chapter. And so I would spend like five days doing research on for that chapter and then two days kind of writing everything that I had researched. And so it was like this five days, two days like cycle that I repeated every week for I don't know, three or four months. <laughs> it was a lot of work, though, to your point. I mean, who should buy your book? Uh, is it some, well, let's say, is it for someone who doesn't know anything about cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, like me? Is it, is it easy read for those people? Or you should know something about that? Yeah, that's a good question. So basically, the way that I structured this book is I, it in three parts. The first part is assuming you don't know anything about cryptocurrency. Um, I call that the crypto curious. So if you're curious about cryptocurrency and you want to learn more, um, the first section kind of gives you a foundational knowledge base. And then from there, I, I start the next section, which is for the crypto conscious. Uh, those are people who know about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies and they want to learn more and find out why it's going to be relevant to their life. Um, and so that's the second section, which kind of dives into what industries will be disrupted with the cryptocurrency, um, how people can, you know, actionably see cryptocurrency being in their lives. Um, and then the last section is for the crypto capitalists. Those are the people who want to make money off of cryptocurrency. They um, they're opportunists and they, they see cryptocurrency as the future and they want to kind of be pointed in the direction of like where we're headed. And so, yeah, I, I kind of go from like beginning, middle, um, advanced in terms of like knowledge. And if you start the book with nothing, like no knowledge about cryptocurrency, you should be able to follow along all the way to the end with the more advanced topics. So I'm hoping that this would be a good book for people who um, kind of fall into all categories of cryptocurrency knowledge. So there's no excuses not to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's one way you can put it, yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to know more about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin to be more precise, go get the book. If you're busy and always doing something, read a couple of pages a day 
And if you're one of those people who's always bored, then bloody hell, read the whole thing in one day. No excuses. Anyway, before we wrap things up, uh, I've got a game in mind, something we are doing after every show. You know, just something a little bit of fun and random. This is something to end the show, really. I give you two options and you choose which one you prefer. And you can give, me, give an explanation why. Or even if you have a story behind it, even better. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> right. So 500 American dollars or 500 Bitcoins. Like which one I choose? Which one you choose, yeah. Uh, 500 Bitcoins. Writing a book or directing a movie? Uh, good question. I guess a book because I've written one, but I think a movie would be cool too. Classical music or rock music? Rock music. Monday or Friday? Friday. Well, I want to see a person who chooses Monday. <laughs> <You're right>. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have a long conversation with that person. Uh, football, well, American football or basketball? Uh, basketball. It's really strange because, you know, when we're talking about football, obviously in America, you you think about the NFL, you know, American football. But in Europe, we're going to think about the European football, uh, soccer. So it can be really confusing when you are speaking to an American person. Yeah, I'm not much of a sports watcher in general, so I usually don't um, have much stake in that debate. <laughs> well, I'm about to watch football in about in two hours, I think, or maybe an hour. I need to check what time it starts. Well, hot dog or cheeseburger? Uh, I'm going to... Say veggie burger just because I'm a veg like vegetarian. <laughs> uh, social media or social event? Social events. Uh, pancakes or waffles? That's a tough one. I would say waffles. Going out or staying in? Uh, going out. <laughs> that would be nice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Soon, maybe a few more months, and everything will might go back to normal. Right. And on, on, on that bombshell, it's time to wrap things up and right into the sunset. Where can people find you on social media? Yeah. Uh, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook at um, ethan.turrer.author. And uh, feel free to reach out to me there or on Twitter, ethan underscore turrer. Um, I also have a website that I'm working on, ethanturr.com. So lots of ways to reach out to me. Um, if you have any questions about cryptocurrency, um, my main mission is to educate people and kind of lead them on their journeys down this um, path. Uh, so if there's anything that I can help with, please feel free to reach out. And you do have your own podcast as well, as I understand, when I was looking through your website. Yeah, I uh, I started a podcast with my best friends um, during this pandemic. So it's not like cryptocurrency related, but we do talk about crypto sometimes. Um, it's called T Talks. So 
if you want to listen to two best friends just you know bantering and talking about like current events then feel free to check that out and where can people find that uh it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts um, under T-Talks, T-E-E-T. Um, that's the, that's the, our, our initials. So my name is Ethan Turrer and his is Tim Alcana. We just combined all our initials because we're like middle schoolers, basically. <laughs> well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Go check it out. Keep an eye on the book. Uh, the next gold rush, how cryptocurrency will change everything. Go check out the podcast, the website, social media, everything. And thank you, Ethan, for joining me today. It was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad we were able to find time to make this happen. Yeah, well, I definitely know a bit more about cryptocurrency because I have to admit, I didn't know anything. Well, I, I knew it, it existed, but I never really understood what it is and what it is it good for. So it was really nice to talk to you. Yeah, I'm glad that you... Uh... You get to learn some stuff. And if you have any questions, like I said, you know, I'm happy to be a resource to you and your listeners. Um, there's a lot that happens in cryptocurrency that makes it hard to understand. And I get it because I'm still learning every day. Um, but I think the more people that learn about it, the better um, for everyone, because this cryptocurrency is made for people like us, like we are the people that benefit the most from cryptocurrency so the more that we can learn about it the better we'll be absolutely and it could be the future well thanks everyone for listening and i'll see you next time bye guys